Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. About 65 hours and counting for the NFL. That is our lead story for the Morning Buzzcast. It is Friday, February 5th, two days before Super Bowl 55. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody is ready for Super Bowl weekend. Hope you're all doing well. Tampa forecast for Sunday, still partly sunny. Slight chance of rain early in the day. Overall, looks good. When I say 65 hours and counting, what I'm talking about is NFL officials, league officials, everybody associated with the league have worked so hard to get to this point. You see the end in sight. You basically have to get to when the confetti falls Sunday night, and they can feel so proud about completing a season that many felt couldn't be completed. And so when the game kicks off Sunday, 630 on CBS, I'll be watching, of course, for the tone of the game. What will the game presentation feel like? What will the game broadcast feel like? Some wonder if it will be more entertainment focused. Some wonder if it will be more reflective in nature. Some wonder if it will have a more positive view forward. Peter O'Reilly, the NFL Executive Vice President of Events, has been overseeing the Super Bowl, worked incredibly hard on Super Bowl 55, told the New York Times and acknowledged that the NFL is trying to strike that right tone and be reflective on the year that has been while also providing a bit of hope for what's on the other side. So that's kind of the mix of the messaging from the NFL in the game presentation. CBS Sports President Sean McManus acknowledged that they are not going to be somber in the broadcast. They're not going to be depressing in the broadcast, but they're trying to put everything in perspective in the broadcast. So that's, of course, another way to look at the game on Sunday. So these are all things I'll be looking at, including the ads. What will the ads feel like? I believe the tone of advertisement will be slightly humorous, will be slightly uplifting, will be forward thinking. We will have our full ad list in today's daily issue that's published around noon, so look for that. But everything about this weekend feels different. If you're in Tampa, hotel occupancy, which is usually about 95% around the Super Bowl, is running at about 50%. Chiefs President Mark Donovan told me earlier in the week, he said, it's just like a weekend road game. We leave Kansas City Saturday afternoon, arrive in Tampa Saturday around 4 o'clock, have a dinner, wake up the next day, have a team meeting and a breakfast, go to Raymond James Stadium, play the game, and get back on a plane and fly right back to Kansas City. That is generally a road weekend, not a Super Bowl week where teams are in the market all week. So everything is incredibly different, of course, but we're all hoping for a safe event. When the confetti falls and the teams leave Tampa, we hope everything goes off well and safely. Even NBC's Today Show led their broadcast at 7 a.m. with a report on the Super Bowl possibly being a super spreader event. That's certainly not what we want to hear and what we want to see after the game on Sunday. So best of luck to the Chiefs and the Bucks, most importantly to the NFL, to complete a successful game. What struck me yesterday about the press conferences between NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and NFLPA Executive Director D. Smith, they were on the stage at the same time. 
I have been to a number of Super Bowls, specifically watched the relationship between Goodell and Smith, and I have never seen that. That struck everybody who has followed this league for a long time, and it speaks to the improved relationship between D. Smith and Roger Goodell that they would agree to share the stage, speak to the media. They both had their separate press conferences, but they did come together at one point, and I think it really shows how that relationship has evolved and progressed, especially during a global pandemic. Meanwhile, one takeaway from Roger Goodell, he said he is not sure there's an issue that the league has spent more time with ownership on than diversity hiring in the NFL. That was certainly a main point of the questions that Roger Goodell faced yesterday, and he says they're focused on it, they're spending a lot of time on it, but they acknowledge they're not where they need to be yet. So good luck to everybody on Super Bowl 55. Let's shift to the NBA because two reports, ESPN and the AP, note that the NBA and the Players Association could announce an agreement on the All-Star game as early as today. But boy, a lot of the players don't seem very interested in it. LeBron James said last night the idea of an All-Star game is a, quote, slap in the face, end quote. And he acknowledged that he has zero energy and zero excitement about an All-Star game. It does seem a little bit of off message for the NBA, but they seem like they're going to go through with this. Apparently, Chris Paul, who was very adamant that they do something in Atlanta at State Farm Arena, but also have a very philanthropic effort around it. So again, it will be a one-day event, a game, and a skills competition in Atlanta State Farm Arena. A couple of players already voicing their opposition to the game. We'll have to see how that narrative develops over the next few weeks. But again, it looks like a deal on an All-Star game could be announced as early as today. One deal that's not done, MLS and its Players Association have not reached an agreement for a new collective bargaining agreement. MLS has once again extended its deadline for negotiating a new CBA till midnight tonight. This is the second extension that MLS has granted in the last week, but this is a good sign. It means they even acknowledge they've been negotiating very hard. They're making progress. They still have some key issues to resolve, but I believe this is a good sign. Now, could talks totally break down? Absolutely. But right now, they're continuing to talk and making progress, which is a good, good sign. Two areas of the SPAC world to keep an eye on. Alex Rodriguez late yesterday announced that he will be the CEO of Slam Corp, which is a new SPAC, aims to raise $500 million in an IPO. It'll look to invest in businesses in the sports, media, entertainment, health and wellness, and consumer technology sectors. Slam will not target a merger with a pro sports franchise. So they're looking in other areas besides team ownership. Meanwhile, former Turner Sports COO Matt Hong, who is very well respected, is part of Newberry Street Acquisition Corp. Now this SPAC aims to raise $150 million in an IPO. It's targeting high growth tech businesses in the consumer internet or media space, including sports and entertainment verticals. It is also targeting business opportunities in video streaming, and notes the success of esports events during the pandemic. So Matt Hong, who was an 11-year veteran at Turner Sports and now is an advisor at NASCAR getting into the SPAC business, but who isn't in the sports space, continue to keep your eye on those special purpose acquisition companies. we got two items on college sports today. U.S. Senator Chris Murphy, the Democrat from Connecticut, and U.S. Representative Lori Trahan, Democrat from Massachusetts, yesterday introduced the College Athlete Economic Freedom Act that would prohibit restrictions 
prohibit restrictions on student athletes from earning income from their name, image, and likeness, and athletic reputation. This is another effort by Chris Murphy, who has long been a voice for reform in the NCAA. This is the first major legislation to address the collegiate space in the new Congress that began on January 3rd. There are other pieces of legislation out there. Senator Cory Booker and Senator Richard Blumenthal have introduced the College Athlete Bill of Rights. Remember, we talked on the Buzzcast earlier this week that the Supreme Court is scheduled to hear a case involving the NCAA in March. All in all, you all added it all up. There's a lot of congressional interest in the future of player rights on campus specifically related to name, image, and likeness and athlete compensation. So the Murphy bill could actually get a little bit of traction. You're going to want to keep an eye on that in terms of how Congress reacts to both the Murphy bill and the Booker bill. Meanwhile, turnkey ZRG has landed the search for the new PAC-12 commissioner. Of course, Larry Scott has agreed to part ways with the PAC-12. He'll be departing in a couple of months. Now, the hiring of turnkey ZRG represents the start of the PAC-12 search for a new commissioner. They expect to have a new commissioner in place by June. So look for that process to begin. We've already speculated on possible names who could succeed Larry Scott, but now it falls to turnkey ZRG to vet candidates to present to the university's chancellors and presidents. And finally, I want to acknowledge Tony Traber, who was a tennis champion and ambassador for tennis, both on and off the court. He has died at the age of 90. Tony Traber, incredibly classy. Growing up in Vermont, Tony Traber offered the voice of late summer, early fall, always calling the U.S. Open Tennis Championships with Pat Summerall by his side. We're talking the heyday of Jimmy Connors, John McEnroe, and especially Bjorn Borg. I'll never forget Traybert's great voice, the way he analyzed the game, and I learned a lot about tennis from Tony Traybert. So a hat tip to the career and the life of Tony Traybert, who passed away at the age of 90. So that is your morning buzzcast for the Friday before Super Bowl 55. It's February 5th. I'm Abe Madcor. Hope everybody has a great Super Bowl weekend. Enjoy the game. I'll speak to you on Monday. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.